Something is rotten in the oil market. On Monday, the price of crude oil fell below zero to negative $37 to be exact. Negative prices are truly historic. Essentially, buyers paid sellers not to deliver oil because there is no place to store all that crude that is piled up around the world. This does have economic impacts in California and eventually your gas tank. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is a special live episode of your San Diego News Fix. Rob Nikoleski, you cover energy for the Union-Tribune. Let's start with the basics. How did this happen? Basically, it was two different things. First of all, of uh, the... Uh, Saudi Arabia and Russia, two really big uh, producers of oil, they got into earlier this year, they got into a standoff uh, over oil prices. They basically flooded the market with oil. They did not curb production. So that led to an oversupply. And then the second thing that happened was this whole COVID-19 series of restrictions that basically kept people, millions of Americans and millions of Californians inside their homes. And so since they were inside their homes and not driving to school, not driving to work, the demand for gasoline, which is a product of crude oil, the demand for gasoline cratered. It dropped like 50, 60, 70 percent. And because of that, we have an oversupply of oil and oversupply of gasoline. And on top of that, There's no place to store the oil because there's very limited amount of storage uh, because because oil is a is a uh, is part of a global market. And especially in the United States, we don't have the number of super tankers that other oil uh, countries like Saudi Arabia have. So you put all those things together, it becomes a perfect storm. And so we've got too much supply and not enough demand, which completely inverts things. For, for, for decades, it's always been one or the other. Either you've had too much supply and not enough demand or too much uh, uh, demand and not enough supply. But in this case, both these both ends of the spectrum were in out of balance. And that's what caused what happened on Monday in which the price just completely not just dropped, it collapsed through the fall through the floor for the first time in history, in the United States history. So how rare is a commodity like that to, you know, crater below the price floor? Because that's something that you don't even hear outside of like economics classes, really. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, in, in, uh, in the last few years, there's been some talk and been some uh, uh, unique instances of, uh, of negative interest rates which before the last couple of years, people thought was basically a financial impossibility. But this is the very first time it's happened for the price of oil. Before yesterday, the lowest uh, price for U.S. oil was 10 cents a barrel, and they have to go back to 1931. I think if you adjust that for inflation, I think it's something like uh, you know a few dollars a barrel. Uh, but this is the first time it's ever gone negative, and it's because of all those reasons we just talked about. Mm-hmm. And do you have a sense of just how much less demand there is for oil? Because this is everything from people aren't flying. I mean, the only thing that's kind of going is like the supply chain at this point, right? Exactly. Yeah. The the, the amount of transportation uh, uh, fuel, we're, t- we're talking about jet fuel, is way down. 
Of course, gasoline's way down for the reasons we just discussed about people not driving anywhere. The only real um, outlier in this has been diesel fuel. Diesel mm -hmm. fuel has actually remained fairly steady, and that's because diesel fuel is kind of like the workhorse for the American economy. Trucks, uh, heavy equipment, they all rely on diesel fuel, and because uh, we, we still have been able to keep the supply chains open in the United States, we've been able to have diesel fuel maintain its relative balance. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So when does this ultimately affect gas prices? Because the price of oil doesn't immediately mean that the gas prices will change. Like how long is that delay and what are we expected to see in the region? It's normally takes about six weeks for the price of oil to affect the price of gasoline, either up or down, but these are not normal times. Um, but we have seen ever since this whole COVID restrictions started coming into place, we have seen the price of gasoline across the country, across California, across San Diego go down just because of that mismatch between supply and demand. Um, so we'll after yesterday's historic collapse, um, I talked to a number of fuel experts who all pretty much expected to see the uh, price of gasoline in San Diego to continue to go down. Mm -hmm. It's not going to run at the same sort of pace because we're, we're sort of comparing apples to oranges because when you talk about the price of oil, you're talking about futures contracts, whereas price that you pay at a gas station that's not based on a future contract. You're not you're not trading. You're not expecting or gambling to see what's going to be up or, or what's going to be down. You're buying that gasoline at that point at that price. And the other uh, variable in this as well is that gasoline gasoline station owners have to protect their margins. They have to mm -hmm. make a profit. They can't give away like the way give away oil. They can't give away gasoline the way oil traders gave away oil yesterday at $37 at minus $37. She put all those things together. And the short answer is you will see continue a continued uh, reduction in price of gasoline here in San Diego, in California and across the United States, but it's not going to run at the exact, not even close to the exact pace. It'll go down, but it won't go down as rapidly as oil has gone down. And has anyone answered the question as to what the actual place price floor is for gasoline like let's say you know these restrictions stay in place for another month or two what's the lowest that gas could go in california that's a good question there's i mean um it's funny uh i wrote a story uh really when the whole rumblings about covid19 first came and you could see some uh some movement in oil prices there was some talk about hey we might see gasoline prices in california drop below three dollars a gallon and that did happen now mm -hmm. after this latest round of collapse there's been some talk about maybe we'll see the price of gasoline in california drop below two dollars a gallon but a couple of caveats there as well and, and as a point of reference as of yesterday the average price for a regular a uh, gallon of gasoline in California was $2.81. So we still have a ways to go there. And the other thing to keep in mind is that uh, even though even though we've got the price has gone down, nobody's driving. So there are very, very few people who can take advantage of these low prices of gasoline. That's when we, uh, it goes back to what we were talking about, about this mismatch. And that's mm -hmm. why so many fuel people and oil people and gasoline people are 
are saying this is unprecedented because you've never been able to see a situation where in every other situation in the past, if the price drop, uh, was on a downward uh, uh, track, then more people would drive because that would incentivize mm-hmm. them to fill up their tanks. But now nobody's driving. So you've got this complete mismatch going on. Yeah, it's truly historic times. So have there been any other energy sectors that have been affected by COVID in any similar way? Not quite like this. Uh, I mean, there's there's been a slowdown, an economic slowdown all across the board in various energy sectors. Uh, and it's brought up some interesting questions about whether or not the switch to renewables might, especially in California, might be accelerated by what's happening at COVID-19. Because you could make an argument saying, okay, since we have so much um, uh, uncertainty in the fossil fuel industry right now, maybe this is an opportunity for renewables. But then you could also make the same sort of argument or make make a different kind of argument and say, since renewables are a little bit more expensive than fossil fuels, then especially in this time of economic constraint, that maybe that's not it's not going to help renewables. But at this point right now, every everyone's hurting. But the the, the gasoline and oil industry is in particular is, is particularly getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And finally, what makes this economic kind of time so different is just the pure scope of it. Like it's not just the demand side. It's also the supply side. Everything is really frozen. But as we begin this economic recovery do we expect oil and gas prices to remain low at least until economic activity starts to get to normal again? Yeah, a couple of things about that. First of all, the the other the, the real big variable here is nobody quite knows when this magical day is going to come when everyone or at least a, a large segment of this of the uh, of the economy when people start coming back to work. And if, if we had a definite number on that, and this is, you know, is, is a much larger issue as well, but when you're talking about energy, if we knew, okay, on June 1st, that's the day, but we don't know when that day is going to come. And today, for example, you know, uh, the, the West Texas Intermediate Future oil prices for June dropped to $13. It was $27 you know, just a couple of days ago, we dropped by a third just today. And that's only looking about a month out because there's people are rattled, the, the traders are rattled. Um, so I think that's the biggest the biggest variables is we just don't know. The other thing is once people do start coming back to work, I talked to a fuel expert today and he said he's not altogether con- not altogether convinced that that gasoline demand is going to return to the level it used to be, that there might be a five to 10% decrease, even after the economy's back up and running, just because people might be working from home and, and they, workers and employers might think, that's probably a product, pretty good idea. Maybe we can have a, a percentage of our workforce continue to work from home. And if they continue to work from home, especially in places like Southern California, where a lot of people have long commutes, maybe that that that, the, that means that people won't be driving as much, and they'll keep demand for gasoline down. So there's variables upon variables is probably the best way to put it right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a question from our Facebook. Uh, Jack Marr is asking, are they going to pay us to fill up our tanks? 
No, they will not. Because again, what we touched upon before, um, oil futures are different than actually going and actually buying something at that moment. But you will mm-hmm. get a continue to see lower prices, whether they'll get down to two dollars. Uh, a gallon here in California remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Certainly, it's it's kind of like if uh, you know wheat prices went down craziness. It doesn't magically mean that there's bread everywhere. They still have to turn that into bread, and there's still costs associated. But it does mean that that dollar loaf could be thirty cents if things you know continue. All right. Well, thanks for this uh, little economics lesson, Rob Nikoleski. Thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. Good questions. Now your coronavirus update. San Diego County reported 15 more COVID-19 deaths, which is the single highest daily total so far. Additionally, another 109 cases were confirmed, another spike from recent trends. The county's new case total is 2,434, and that includes 84 deaths. Dr. Wilma Wooten, the county's public health officer, attributed some of the spike to the delay in reporting and testing that often coincides with the weekend. San Diego County's COVID-19 testing capacity now exceeds 3,000 in a day, which is more than double in the number that was available about two weeks ago. Currently, the county is not testing as many people as it could be. The recently created Laboratory Testing Task Force is working to increase the number of tests that are conducted, as well as increasing the region's overall testing capacity. As testing increases, health officials hope to focus on several additional vulnerable populations, including people with HIV, those who live in long-term care facilities, low-income residents, homeless individuals, people who live in rural areas, and individuals from various racial groups, including Native Americans. The task force will also be charged with developing a strategy to begin conducting serology testing in San Diego. These are tests that look for antibodies in the blood to determine whether someone has already been exposed to the virus that causes COVID-19. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. We want to remind you that information is your first line of defense. The San Diego Union-Tribune is dedicated to bringing you latest news in print, online, and on our podcasts. Right now, you can read our public health stories related to the virus online for free without hitting the paywall. But you can get all of your news at your fingertips, wherever and whenever you want if you're a subscriber. Don't miss a story. Go to uniontrip.com slash subscribe. Until next time.